And welcome to This American Negro. This is your host, Marquise Davine. First things first, hello to niggas and niggas only. How's it going? Um, this show is essentially built to bridge academia and a hood. I really wanted this to just be a dope experience to talk about everything that's creation, education, and liberation. These are super important tenants to me, but I wanted this to become a full-on visual experience for everybody. So first and foremost, welcome, my niggas. I appreciate you um, for being here and joining me. Um, also, this is also gonna be an audio experience. So not only are you gonna see the visual part, but if you ever like in your car or anything, you can also listen to it as well because sometimes you know people be on the move but you still get your content okay but other than that <clears throat> today's episode the debut episode of this american negro is with a wonderful guest wonderful 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 guest sorry to write thank you hello thank hello, you. hello hello thank you um so i wanted to have him as the first person to join us on this episode because i think it's so important to get the youth involved in everything from activism, education, but also helping become the architects of the world that you want to live in. And this episode is really focused on how do young people, how did Gen Z essentially revolutionize activism? What did that mean last year during a pandemic and the social uprisings? But then also, what does this mean to archive your information? And then also, like, how did you get to this politic? So these are all the things we're going to worry about throughout this episode. So I appreciate you all for joining us. And now we can get started. You ready? Absolutely. Cool. But first things first, introduce yourself. Hello, hello. My name is Messiah. Um, I am the founder of the Black Archives Movement. Um, and I'm 18. Okay. So I'm newly an adult. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yes, no, I'm so happy to have you here. I, man, look. <sighs> look. <laughs> look. Like I said, I always tell you this, but like I knew you were something special when I first met you a couple of years. This is it two years ago now? It's been two. I think so. Years. Yeah. Two years ago now. And I've always just admired like how you Thank moved you. in your own space. Um, how you were always just ensuring you was taking care of family, taking care of yourself, but also you was always teaching something. You was always preaching something and also just questioning everything. And to me, that draws fire. Um, so I wanted to just ask like, where did this politic come from? Like, when was that moment you were just like, yeah, I am full on radical and we need to figure out this system is not working. So how do we right. redesign this job? I think it stems from re true observation, like mm -hmm. in, in, um, in growing into becoming, you know, who you choose to be and finding your identity, you go through a process of, um, I want to say attraction and repulsion. You, mm -hmm. you sort of, um, or for me, it was a matter of figuring out what I cannot um, identify with, what I what I disagree with, or what I find to be um, morally inept. Like, and then from there, after you've, you've, and it's always going to be going on, but you start to figure out, okay, what do I actually enjoy? What can I identify with? Who am I? those questions start to come into fruition. And then naturally, I believe you become radical. I don't um, subscribe to the notion that radical people are somehow extremist or they're violent or mm -hmm. any of those things. I think it's radical to be a loving individual. I think it's radical in a world that's isolated, in a world that's corrupted or okay with corruption. Uh, so it, it stems from really just 
I, it's hard to say objective self-analysis because we're always striving for objectivism. Right. But it, it comes from a sort of um, echolocative uh, sort of, I what is me? You, you put yourself out there and you impress mm -hmm. yourself on the world and you get that response back. And that's how you start to figure out what, what is what and then you move. Right. And so I, I'm glad you kind of brought that up too because that's, what was like that moment for you right. where you were just like, oh, the world responds to me in a mm -hmm. very particular kind of way. And like, that doesn't feel good. Right. Um, it's been, I, I was born in like, with my mom, with all, all of the, my community, I was born in a sort of um, understanding of black liberation or um, black identity. So I think it, the first sort of um, dissonance I felt was uh, really in school. Like really, it, it always comes to you where you um, least expect it or you least want it. Um, it was really in middle school. I had a I had a um, white teacher. Her name was Miss Jonas. She um she was a she was a leftist sort of um politically oriented individual, but she, her um her politic was oftentimes um it would uh exclude a lot of the young men, a lot of the black young men, and it was um it just it just doesn't fit. And then you can you say all, all you want, you can say that oh I believe in equality or this, that, and the third, but actions speak louder. So that's where the dissonance starts to kick in and you, you start to do the mental, um, what is re like, what is reality? Mm -hmm. it is, that's what I would say, I think. Yeah, for sure. Right. And that, yeah, it's wild because this journey always starts, I notice a lot of spaces in the educational space mm -hmm. that this journey tends to happen, but you had it as early as middle school. Yeah. And I know it was cool, like, what, not cool because it's sad that we have to get into that point as yeah. that young. Sure. Um, but I know even in college when I was exposed to like a predominantly white area, I was like, oh, my politics is changing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of it is changing because the world is receiving me Absolutely. differently right. than what I grew up with. Right. And so for me, something I've always admired about you is that you were very much so resolute in this, but you were also, I feel like you was always reading something. You right. was always learning. You were like immersed in books, bro. Absolutely. That's the answer. I mean, in terms of um, that objective analysis or that, that um, constant uh, radar of like who I am, you can't find that by yourself. You can't find that in isolation. So you won't find it in systems of isolation. Right. You have to find it on your own. And what attracts from there, you can start to see, oh, this is me. This is this is what I'm attracted to. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm not attracted to. Right. They, go, they go hand in hand. Right. And so even when we take it a step further, I'm thinking about now, like, you, your relationships to other people, like, as you come into this kind of politic, the nature of your friendships can change. The nature of your relationships right. to other people can change because now... They still see you as like, yo, so you, what are you like more Malcolm X? Are you more like Martin Luther King? Like where are you at in between? So can you talk about that a little bit more too? Like yeah. as you became more vocal, what was that reaction to your circle? I think the um my circle, my um I've always tried to uh curate, like it's just been a part of who I since birth. Like I'm not I'm I've never been um one to immersed with communities that don't really have my best interest. Mm -hmm. I don't really identify with the, with um, selling yourself short. I think that in, in terms of how communities or how your friends change over time, I think when you have that sort of mindset of like, 
I'm already this is this is who I am from the jump. You can um you can naturally curate, you can naturally see who's really um into you for you or who's mm-hmm. not. Uh and then it goes back into nuance. It goes into people are going to have opinions. People are going to have perspectives that you necessarily like it it, it just is. So um the people who are willing to the youth who are willing to um, identify with that perspective, understand or not, those mm-hmm. people usually have the composure, the people who have the composure to um, converse or even disagree, those are people who I usually identify with because they're able to. Right. Now, that's that's really dope, too, that you even bring that into perspective as well, <clears throat> because I think like a lot of what I really want to talk to you about is like Gen Z, y'all approach activism so different and y'all showed them a shout out specifically last year. And I just want to talk to you about that a little bit more. Do you see your peers also kind of being, it's a little bit more norms now to be out here and protesting and pushing for like abolition kind of thinking as well. If it's in terms of defunding the police, or we're thinking about everything, just tear down the entire system, the environment. I feel like there's a lot that y'all generation does. So I would love to hear more from you in terms of like, how do you feel your generation has been kind of moving the needle or kind of revolutionizing activism? I feel like, um, so each generation, each youth of each generation is going to get the opportunity to um, carry on the torch. Mm -hmm. So it's inevitable. Evolution is going to be inevitable. Um, I think the specific thing about Generation Z is one, we have access to resources that have never existed in human history, mm-hmm. as far as we know. And then also, there's a a philosophy that sorts of a meta, like a mental philosophy that has been cooking in American history for all of this time and all of this time mm-hmm. and all of this time, and so much repression and so much stagnancy. So what happens or what tends to happen is a natural radicalism that's and that's right. another reason why I bring up the point that is radical isn't really radical if your um, independent variable is not independent right um, so it's perspective um, I think Generation Z also has this uh, because of the combination of the immense knowledge that we've been given access to and the righteous which is hard to say because that's also subjective, but the righteous um, knowledge of what what we what needs to be done and what we've um, just by being here, if we're in the situation and we are observing the oppression, that means that our past, that it means that our previous generation did not complete the cycle. Mm-hmm. So it, it gives you the um, understanding of where you need to be and who you are very very quickly. That's really dope. That's really really dope. So now I want to hone into like you specifically now, because I think you have been doing something that is wild and important as well with your own platform. Oh, yeah. So as an archivist, right. like yeah. talk about the Black Archive movement right. and how did that page even come about? Yeah. So, I mean, it stems from the understanding of desensitization, right? So we see that with the rise in information and the rise in um, accessibility, we also find the corresponding um, numbing of the people. So the Black Archives movement was really, really, really foundationally started in the um, reinvoking of that fire mm-hmm. that has existed and we know to have existed. Right. The only issue is um, there's a society that is uh, actively trying to make sure that fire is quenched or um, quelled. 
So the Black Archives Movement, using the resources that are available, is designed to be constantly reconditioning the brain outside of the perspectives that have been given to you your entire life. Um, and really, that's that's the sole purpose, and it it, make, it makes manifest in different ways as it as it increases as it grows. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, that's hella dope because I feel like Black folks have because we're such a or we have such an oral tradition of how we pass down our stories. It's from exactly. generation to generation. Exactly. Exactly. But I think what's different now is that y'all are using social media. Right, y'all are using the digital space to be able to archive all of these things that you're talking about, but then also taking it a step further, you can use that as a tool of education. Right. So how exactly. important is like education and like even how I prefer is like <laughs> uh, Malcolm X's homemade education. Mm-hmm. So for you, do you feel like that's kind of like your own homemade education? Is like, oh, this is what I feel our community should know right. as we go through this. Right. Is that what the intent was as well? Yeah. So. In in truth, it's a it's a mix of um, what we what I what I and as an individual because I, I am an individual right. what I feel the community would benefit from, and simultaneously through history through understanding what I know would give us or what I exact I know to be um beneficial. Uh, explain to me more of what you mean. I'm, I'm I want to know. Elaborate further. Specifically around like the digital archiving and the use of it as education. Right. Yeah. So yeah. 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 So like, just was that your full intent? You answered part of that, but then I think also taking a step further is that Generation Z, mm-hmm. like, people tend to shit on like digital activism. Right. And so now my question is like, do you think there is a purpose for digital activism? Do you think there's a space now that we have this extra tool because right. as activism evolves. The generation before us, well, before millennials, you know, <laughs> didn't necessarily have the internet to be able to move this information back right. and forth. Right. So do you think that this is a big debate right now? It's like, oh, you got your digital activists and then you have the ones on the ground. Right. But do you think there's a good way to like marry the two? Because Absolutely. I think you've done that. Yes. And these opposites meet, you know, um, there is no absolute. So in the, in the understanding of like a digital activism versus a on the ground activism, you have to understand the essence, the core of what is happening. Mm-hmm. So in essence, the point is um, conscious evolution. The point is change. So I, I don't really, um, I, I saw the, you know, there's a, there's a divide and there's a, there's a um, sort of stigma about what is real activism. But I think that just like how things can be radical and not extreme, Things can be activism and not have been considered activism in previous times because it's about a specific, it's it's framed for the benefit of change. Right. So, yeah. I like that. That, that was smooth. That's yeah. a word and a half. <laughs> yeah. Tell you. Because that's something I know like a lot of people have been having these conversations about, but I think y'all have been using social media in a very particular way, in right. a very intentional way. Exactly. Um, because even if we go back to the Arab Spring, like, we would have seen that rise of digital activism if they weren't able to utilize Twitter and mobilize people. Exactly. I think it's about intention. Now that I'm, I, I really do think um, intention is the differentiating sort of concept to, to provide a sort of um, understanding, to understand more what the other perspective is uh, saying. Like, mm-hmm. from the perspective of someone who 
thinks digital activism is somehow subpar, I think that their perspective would be in that the intention is weaker. But mm-hmm. I feel as though that's subjective, dependent on the individual. Like right. your your own your own understanding is going to give you the um, I guess the vindication. I don't know, like the the fire to mm-hmm. to pursue, and that that individual perspective is justified. So I think that it's it's all activism. Yeah. yeah. Nah, that's a dope answer though. Nah, and I appreciate you answering that and even taking it a step further. Right. Um, because this is a space where I think we're gonna have to get used to this kind of activism mm-hmm. as these things evolve. But I think even if we think about the pandemic, there was there had to be a shift in yes. how we were activists yes. as well. Because yes. now we had to consider, oh, uh, well, at home I might have so and so that could be immunocompromised. Mm-hmm. So do I have to pick and choose right. when I can go? So I know even for me. I had to be conscious of my roommate. Right. So there were pick, there were times where I was like, I want to be out on the street, mm-hmm. but I had to find a different way. So I had to create digital exactly. spaces in exactly. order to, and just become like a, a person who can share knowledge right. and resources right. rather than me having to be out there marching the way that I normally would. Right. And so I think those are some things that can like go and become contentious with each right. other. Right. But I think either way, like, were you out last year Absolutely. or this time? Right. And so, like, what was it like to have to pick and choose? Like, what was that moment where you're just like, COVID is a thing, but I have to go out. Right, right. I think it's, um, it's still willpower. It's still intention. Mm-hmm. Um, I went out, or me and all of, me, Brianna, all of Harriet's bookshop, our, um, mm-hmm. the interns, we all went out and, uh, gave out books during the pandemic, during the Philadelphia protests last year, where things were getting real hectic. Um, so it was, it's, there's always going to be the, um, the premise or the the um, underlying factor of fear or mm-hmm. some type of issue that would stop you from doing what you're what you intend to do. I think it's going to come back to intention and what your what your um soul's purpose is. Right. If you if you're here to do this, you're going to find a way to do it. There's not going to, and that's what it plays perfectly into the idea of um. There's there's not gonna be a tool unused if you are going if you are intentional about building. There's not gonna be a oh I have social media for free. I'm not going to do anything. It doesn't, it doesn't right. make sense. Um, and then people are going to fill in those roles. People, naturally, that's how it happened. Right. That's really really dope. So as you speak about intention, and you said last year you were handing out books. What was the intention behind handing out these books? It's the same. Um, really, it's the um, it's the Black Archives Movement all over again mm-hmm. that uh conscious evolution conscious organization that only stems from um knowledge of self that only stems from knowledge of history all of those things play a part all of those things play a factor um in specific in my own intention well that was the that's my intention but um i also you you can't move forward without newfound information and we often find or what i'm often finding is that this newfound information is actually ancient history this mm-hmm. this newfound information is only new to us only new to those who haven't been paying attention right so yeah it's it's a matter of i know that not everybody is on the same wavelength but what we can do over time is provide the information that would push slowly in that direction i'd imagine yeah that's dope i'm sitting here i'm just like wow that to me like that's so profound because i i think about the activists in ferguson 
who is just like, hey, I can't go out with you, but I'm going to cook the activists who are marching Wait. home cooked meals. Boom. So for you to also just be like, yeah, as... Is that not activism? It is, right? Because now you're sustaining Boom. and you're helping people be and that's, and then And then once we start to understand that these, the most radical movements, the most radical ideals, the most radical um, strives are actually strives in self-love or mm-hmm. strives in love for the community. The Black Panther Party's had the Black Panther Party had breakfast programs. Mm-hmm. They had so it speaks to the um the the importance behind understanding both sides of the spectrum. There's going to be revolution in the violent colonial sense. I understand that. Right. That's that's also because we are on this plane. I understand that. Very much so. On the other <laughs> right, on the other side of that coin is the understanding of a newfound, or I, I would call it newfound because it's new to me, a newfound sort of um inner revolution which is the understanding of which provides for the understanding of each other as individuals mm-hmm. and that's i think that's the dopest type of revolution because that's that's how you naturally eradicate a lot of systems a lot of pervading prejudices inside of people's minds you get to you get to erase that just naturally over time that just fire um and i guess like even as we begin to wrap up the rest of this conversation now too is like one uh, it's gonna be a two-parter where are you hoping to see the black archives movement go um really so in an understanding of the purpose right an understanding of conscious organization which sounds like mystical or metaphysical it really ends up being um the goals end up in physical being spaces that or institutions and cycles that create the conscious organization that I'm seeing that or that I'm looking for. So that looks that the answer to your question will be systems, institutions, spaces like the, it's so crazy to see spaces like rightfully. Yeah, so, talk so, about it. Talk you know, about it. It's, it's magic. And I mean, in terms of in terms of a self-determination, in terms of liberation, all of the concepts and isms that we've been striving to defeat or embody, we can do them ourselves. They, they come from ourselves. And even the systems that have taken from us have taken from us. They mm-hmm. are actually the, the ideals that they understand are ours. They've been reversed and corrupted and mm-hmm. right destroyed, but they're ours originally. And I don't think that power goes away. You know, I think that um, it's beautiful to see spaces that um, embrace that power and use it to create something that can sustain a collective. That's conscious organization. I like it. Come on, come on! You better chat your stuff. Take, <laughs> take the sip out the mug if y'all haven't noticed. Okay, y'all see the good morning things niggas on the mug. Okay, gang. All right, and that to me, like I, I've been so fascinated with how y'all move so much differently, and I, I respect it so much because as I was like doing my research before getting here, like millennials and Gen Z are the first generation that actually we don't care about capitalism as much anymore. Like that's what research is now suggesting. And then even taking a step further, we have so many more things to, <clears throat> we don't have as much to lose. Like there's a lot of people who are just like, you have to think about legacy and here's what the generation before had to think about as they were right. building these things. Right. But now we're also just like, yeah, what does this all matter <laughs> if we're not gonna have anything and then that's, in the future? Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? It's like, so that position, that perspective in itself is a radical perspective. That perspective wasn't built from an, un- oh my gosh, where did this come from? It is the result of a trauma that has been undiagnosed mm-hmm. for so long. I think that's I think that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, for sure. Nah, and I thank you so much because I think you were somebody who embodies this. I think. Thank you. 
just the community that you're surrounded with, whether it's your friends, your books, Harriet's, all of this stuff. <clears throat> you are somebody I've learned from, but then also just knowing like, yo, we're in community with each other. Right. So just seeing you so young, Thank you. this is now seeing you, and he said he's 18 now, and I said, like, bro, it's been really two years, <laughs> yeah. bugged out. Um, it's so dope to see your evolution, but how you matured in that evolution as well. So I also just wanted to give you your flowers, Thank you. like why you were here on this platform. But ultimately, that's really what I wanted to get out of this conversation. I wanted to see like, what did it mean to be a little bit more politically involved? What did it mean to be radical in this nature, but also know that this shifts relationships, this shifts your relationships to spaces and institutions yes. and all of this kind of stuff. Absolutely. And so I, I do thank you, um, thank you for joining on this <laughs> platform. Honestly, it, comes, it comes right back to you. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, you're good. Don't worry about it. It's just, um, and that's why I was so starstruck just looking at the space. And looking at the evolution, because um, it's I'm starting to learn that these things are like everything that we see is only in um a state of evolution. Like so, for example, even this setup, right? As you evolve, and as um this American Negro evolves, and as the cons like the things that we do evolve, we start to see them in different lights. I think it's really beautiful to see um and then when you have a foundation that's actually rooted in something substantial and something beneficial to black people and to all people really um i think it's it, it only breeds um sustainability it only breeds some sort of a change some type of evolution so i thank you really really truly always like i said i'm always a resource i'm always gonna be here for you thank you um but other than that, like, do you have any parting advice or parting words that you just reflect on from this conversation? Um, I'd say, yeah, evolution is inevitable. So, um, it's it's okay to be afraid of a system that um is exploitative. It's it's okay to um express uh fear and um the want to protect your legacy. I understand. I totally understand. The people behind the millennials are uh, baby boomers. I understand their perspective of like um, pertaining to capitalism. I think it's shallow, but I think it's. Um, I understand. <laughs> I understand <laughs> exactly. I understand their perspective. So um, you can't fight change, and you won't fight change. You are change. So I think that as we change, um, we, we we only can start to embody these principles more consciously. We can only start to um, understand truly what we are here for and what we're doing so okay because what you got on your shirt radical yeah. simply means yeah. grasping things at the root at the root okay at the root and that that's a whole word and a half so once before we get out of here though where can the people find you can they follow absolutely anything? absolutely um you can follow the black archives movement at black archives movement on instagram twitter all your social medias um, we're also available, you can find us on the Black Archives Network, which is www.blackarchives.net. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to keep on expanding. We're going to keep on evolving. Um, so, you know, observe. Enjoy, yes. That's a fact. And that is a wrap for This American Negro. Remember, this is our aim to bridge academia to hood by ideas of creation, education, and liberation. Um, but on that note... Goodbye to niggas Ellie. and niggas only. <laughs> Clink with that with me. There we go. Absolutely. Oh.